But uh, you guys have picked a great day to be in, the, in God's house today. We're going to be kicking off a brand new sermon series that we're starting today. It's actually, me and Pastor Keith were talking, we believe it's going to take us all, carry us all the way through summer. So we're pretty fired up about this one. We feel like we can stay on it probably for maybe five or six weeks. Somebody say, uh-oh. <laughs> Amen. So we're excited. So I want to give you the message. The title of our message, our sermon series we're kicking off today is titled Kingdom Culture. Y'all say that with me. Kingdom, Kingdom. Culture. Kingdom culture. Y'all put that in the chat if you're joining us online. Kingdom culture. And that word culture is kind of a trendy topic. It's kind of a trendy word, a trendy phrase that you hear a lot about, right? And if, if, if you live in the world, you know, we're supposed to be in the world, not of it. Amen. But all of us are in it, apparently. If you are in the world, you, you, you know to live for God means you have to be countercultural to the way the world does culture. Culture impacts everything. Culture impacts the way a people talks. Culture impacts the way a people live. Culture impacts what people believe. Culture impacts the way people conduct their lives, make laws. A culture defines a people. I really feel like the battle for the soul of our nation is at stake. And because somewhere along the lines, we have lost sight of the culture that God has ordained. And our nation's birthplace, we started our culture rooted in God's Word, in Christ. And we have come to a place now where we worship culture. You worship the trendy ideas. You worship the trendy fill in the blank. If you live to please and appease people and worship culture, you will not do life God's way. And if you, do God, if you do life God's way, you will stand out. You will sound different. You will walk different. You will talk different. And that's because you've been grafted and you've been adopted through the love of God on Jesus Christ on the cross. Any adopted children in the house today? Come on, somebody. I'm thankful that Jesus, he forgave me of my transgressions. And then he didn't just stand from afar and judge me. He said, I forgive you now. Enter in, my good and faithful servant, my son. I'm proud of you. And when you've experienced that type of love, you will live different. You understand, right? And God begins to change your life through the culture of his word and the culture of his kingdom because culture defines a people. God's kingdom is upside down and backwards. God's kingdom is upside down and backwards to the way the world does culture. So as we get started, I want to unpackage a thought for you as we get started in our message. If, if you got your, your app open, you can follow along there. We also provide a, a paper handout for notes if you got one of those. Look what it says. So what is, what is kingdom culture? Maybe let's just start with a question, right? It's a culture defined by the kingdom of God, I would add even God's word, what God has said. And look, look what happens when you figure out how God has defined you. It creates an expectation. Watch. 
It's a culture that says we are who God says we are. We have what God says we have, and we can do what God says we can do. Kingdom culture is a language, its values, its beliefs, and standards that align with God and His kingdom. When you are born again into God's kingdom, and you begin to live life the way God says to live life, and you begin to see yourself through the lens of God and begin to see the world through the lens of God, you begin to see that there's nothing that God can and cannot do in and through you. There's, there's nothing that's impossible to you because Christ flipped everything upside down and backwards. And when you see that, there creates a culture of belief, a, a, even a new language culture. You know what? I used to speak this way about myself. I used to speak this way about others. I maybe used to speak this way over my kids, but now that I've experienced the love of God, I talk different. I believe different. I see that I'm the head and not the tail. I see that I can, I'm an overcomer. I see that I'm a conqueror in Jesus' name. Right? You begin, the, the culture in your life begins to change. And if, if you go out, out in the world and begin to live that way, you're going to stand out, right? And so that type of culture that God wants to ingrain in his children and in his church means we stand out. We're the light of the earth in a dark place, and we're the salt of the earth. We give the, the world some flavor. Say that word with me. Some flavor. We need some flavor in our lives, right? We shouldn't just be living gray or ordained, mundane lives. God wants us to stand out. And when, when you buy in to God's ways, to his words, and his will for your life, you'll begin to live in, in and through his, the culture that he has for your life. And when you do that, you're going to stand out. It creates, kingdom culture is an attitude. It's an attitude of, Gratitude, it's an attitude that creates excitement and expectation for our lives. Excitement and expectation for other people's lives in your life. And the world, we got to be careful how we, how we operate in, in, in the world. Uh, we don't appease and please for, to please people, but I feel like sometimes the world looks down on the church because if you're really living for God, you're going to be excited and you're going to be grateful. And sometimes to the world, that almost seems prideful. Could you all agree on that? And pride does the exact opposite of inviting people into God's kingdom, right? It almost turns them off. And so the Holy Spirit was just showing me when, when you do, do life God's way, it'll create a contagious type of faith. When you, are, when you are really bought into what God has done in your life, you're not faking anything. You're not saying things just to manipulate people. You're, you're thoroughly excited. You're thoroughly grateful. God has changed the culture in your life to a new attitude, not an attitude of pride, but an attitude that says, you know what, I can do anything through Christ. You know what, I love you because God loved me. The world says love others when they love you first, right? Respect others when they respect you. Now, if you do God's, God, your life God's way, you'll just love others. And you'll be excited for others. And you'll help others. And that, that type of culture is upside down and backwards. Uh, kingdom culture, it's, it's a belief that says, I'm part of something bigger, something better, something real. And isn't every single person out there striving for truth in something real? Something that they can touch an experience that says, you know what, this is real. Guys, Jesus is real. 
The, the Holy Spirit that he sent is real. God the Father in heaven is real. And when you've experienced that real type of love, you're bought into a culture that says, I, I, nothing else on this, in this world can satisfy. Nothing else can, can fill this hole in my life, this need in my life like Jesus does, like prayer does, like God's word does, like the Holy Spirit does. I need God because without him, I'm lost. It creates that belief and that attitude that says, I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. And I have what God says I have. It creates that culture in our lives. Look at Ephesians 1. I want to give you about eight verses. Look at I'm going to be Ephesians 1, 15 through 23. And before we read it for a second, Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus. It's a brand new church. Jesus has been crucified on the cross. And so there is this underground church, a church of Christianity. And he's writing to this, these new believers in Ephesus. There's a lot of Orthodox Jewish people that are coming to Christ and they're kind of looking down on all these new believers and they can't seem to get along. And really the whole theme through Ephesians is Paul setting the standard and expectation of what God's culture looks like. Jesus flipped it upside down and backwards. And so he's saying, y'all, y'all are the same. Jesus loves every person and y'all got to look past the, the disagreements, all these things. And isn't that where we're at in our world, right? No one can agree. We can't even agree to disagree. We can't even love each other when you disagree or because that means I'm wrong, right? That means you might be right, and I can't live with that. So he's saying, y'all are all part of the body of Christ, all members, right? And so look what he says there in verse 15. He says, ever since I, I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love in God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. Y'all need to thank God for the people of faith in your life. You are not alone. Sometimes I know it feels like it. If you're at work, you might be the only believer. Thank God for the people of faith in your life. Paul is saying, I'm thankful that, that you, you guys have experienced the revelation of Christ, right? He says, verse 17, asking God, the glorious Father to our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with the light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called. His holy people who are uh, his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ. Y'all say that word, those words with me. All things. All things. God has put all things, it says, under the authority of Christ and has made him the head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is in his body, is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. He says, it has made fully and complete by Christ his body, the church, who fills all things everywhere with himself. God's culture is that everyone and everything would submit to that authority in Christ. That has to be step one. That I submit to God, his authority, 
as ruler, as king of kings and lord of lords. And isn't that the foundational step of every new, new believer, new child of God? You, you have to submit to the fact that you're not God and you say, God, help me. I need you. And what does he do? He, he forgives you and he helps you. And he grants you those internal things that are fleeting you, the, the peace of God and the love of God and the comfort of God that you've been trying to get externally through other means and avenues. Right? And so that's always step one, and that's what Paul is reaffirming. For kingdom culture, we have to first, we have to submit to his authority in all things. And when we do that, it, it goes on down the line. If you're married, you do that so your spouse does that, right? And because you and your spouse do that, your, your kids do that. They see that modeled in you, right? And then because your kids do that, it goes generation to generation. And then when families all across the nation are doing that together, guess what it reflects in our laws? And it reflects in our, our world culture, right? And we've come to a place where we worship culture because we are no longer doing God's culture. The enemy has attacked the, the foundation of everything, which is the, the, the family. Our, our families are under attack. And if, if, you don't, if you don't bow down and worship the king of kings every day, you'll, you'll bow down and you'll worship culture, transgenderism. You'll worship government. There's a worship of government. Government can't fix everything. They're a mess. <laughs> I want good elected officials. I hope they follow Jesus. But the government is not going to fix your problems. Only God can do that. And so our, the attack on God's kingdom and God's culture is one person at a time. One soul at a time. One family at a time. Every culture has a language, values, beliefs, and standards. They all share the same message. What is the message of God's culture? That God sent his son in a body like yours and mine to forgive us of our sins and to bring us into a place of freedom to where we can choose to live for him and invite others to do the same. It's that simple. That's the culture and that's the message that God's culture is all about. Look at that next point. So the kingdom culture creates an atmosphere where the presence and power, I love that word power, y'all say it with me? Power. We need some power in the church. Of God is manifested in the earth. Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand, so repent, change the way you think, and believe by coming into agreement with the gospel. God's culture is intended to change the atmosphere wherever the Holy Spirit invades through his presence and through his power. A culture impacts and affects everything. If you pay attention to anything in the sports world, maybe if you like a, a certain sports team, maybe the Atlanta Braves, or if you're a big Bama fan or a big Auburn fan, the greatest teams have the greatest culture. Y'all ever heard that before? Every coach, that's the turning thing. We're trying to create a culture. We're trying to change the environment. We're trying to Create a culture that everyone's bought in. We all talk the same. We all sound the same. We all believe the same. We're all expecting to win a national championship at the end of the, at the, end of the season, whatever sport it's in. It's, everyone has to be bought in, or guess what? We fail. God's kingdom is way more important than some baseball team. 
some football team. And it's the same. Paul is saying this all throughout the book of Ephesians, that you have to all believe the same. you got to get over the things that you disagree about. you got to be bought in. You have to sound the same. You have to talk the same. And you all have to be running for the same prize, which is the prize of eternal life and the prize of the redemption of every other person's soul and the truth of Jesus Christ. And if we can all get on board and do it the same way, God's way, then we'll experience victory. We'll experience blessing. We'll experience breakthrough, right? This experiencing breakthrough and, and blessings, those sound like good things, right? You have to allow God to do an internal work in you, and then you need relationships with others that are in the same relationship that God's doing internal work in them, and then you guys get in relationship, and you're, you're seeing God move in their life. You're seeing God move in your life. You're both excited. You're excited about the vision and the plan that God has for you. Because God's culture is intended to change the atmosphere of everywhere His presence and power goes. We can't change the world doing it the world's way. We change the world by operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the presence and power that the Holy Spirit brings us. Kingdom culture, when done God's way, it transforms culture. It transforms the culture of whatever culture it's in. Living for Jesus is countercultural. I'm very thankful for the work place that I work at. I work at a place called Northwest Exterminating. It's a Christian organization. Now it's, it falls under corporate America. But you know what? We have some awesome, amazing, mighty men of God. I'm thankful that I work with every single person in our office as a believer in Jesus. Now, we all don't go to the same type of church. We got some Baptists. We got some Methodists. We got a non-denomination, right? But guess what? Every Monday morning when we meet at my workplace, guess what my manager does? I love the guy I work for. His name is Zach Freeman, awesome, mighty man of God, an awesome boss. He asks for prayer requests. He asks what's going on in your life. And we all join together before we open up and start talking about work and things about the meeting. We, we, we go together in prayer. What does he understand? He's, he's changing the atmosphere. He's setting the tempo and the pace for the rest of our week. He's not looking at, well, I go to a Baptist church and he goes to a non-denominational church. No, he, he brings everything, say that word with me, everything under the authority of the one living God. And I believe we're blessed as a business and as a company because we do it God's way. And that just sets a tempo and expectation for how we go about our work, about how we do life, because wherever we go, we change the atmosphere. This is for somebody. God's called you to, to change the atmosphere in your home. You have a, a voice and an authority as a, as a mom, as a dad, as a grandpa. And maybe you're sitting back waiting for God to change, change everything. Maybe everything's a mess. Pray for God to do that. But God might want to use you to begin to change and transform the atmosphere. Right? Through his power and through his peace. Look at Mark 1, 14 through 15. So this is right after John the Baptist was put in prison. So it says, now after John was put in prison, and John was actually Jesus' cousin, if you didn't know that. Jesus came to Galilee, and he began preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying, the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. So repent and believe in the gospel. Jesus began to preach and teach that message for the next three and a half years until he was betrayed and crucified. That 
The time is at hand. The manifestation of God's word and his promises of his new covenant that is for everyone. The time is at hand. And so as we do church and as we go out into the world to be a light of Christ, we have to be excited and expecting God to do things. But there has to be a motivating factor that you and, all, you and I and all of us see. If the time is at hand right now, that means time is running out. Time is running out. Guess what? One day you're going to die. One day your spouse is going to die. One day your kid, your kids, your grandkid, your grandkids is going to die. And if you really believe in Jesus, what are you doing every single day to make sure they understand the truth? John 14, 6, I said it during worship. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If the time is at hand, Jesus says, repent and believe in what I'm preaching that means time is running out. We need to be a motivated people, a motivated church, a forward-thinking, a forward-moving body of believers that are all bought into the same message of who Jesus is and what Jesus says he's called us to do and what we can do in and through him. And if we can do that, we'll see a reaping of souls. 117 Kids that we're, we got to bless yesterday, the, the beginning places, give yourselves a hand, at our summer fest, 117 kids that we're going to bless next month with backpacks, school supplies, and a, a rebate to get some school shoes, right? And hopefully that's just the beginning place of something bigger that God wants to do. Meeting a physical need, building a bridge to that spiritual place, that spiritual need that maybe God wants to use Liberty Church to help somebody who needs to hear the truth of God. Jesus said, the time is at hand and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Kingdom, kingdom culture step one is always repent. That word repent means a hundred different things. It means to change the way you think. It means to return to the high place God has for you. It means to stop sinning. It means to stop just feeling sorry for your sin and actually get up and change the way that you live. It means I was going this way following sin, Satan, Self and darkness and the devil and the world and its culture. And now I'm turned around and repented. I'm going this way and doing what God has said. Step one of kingdom culture is always repent. Repentance has to be a daily habit. Because you'll set yourself up as God every single time. Every single day you forget to repent. It's as easy as saying, I am not God. Jesus, I need you today. Forgive me for my transgressions, for my sins, for my pride, for my anger, my, my jealousy, for my know-it-all, for my fill-in-the-blank the offense. I repent. I want to do it your way. It's always step one of king culture. Step two is you got to believe. After you repent, you, be, you buy in. You begin to believe God's ways, his word, and his will for your life. Jesus said, repent and believe in the gospel. Believe that God has it in his hands. God sees you. God hears you. God loves you. God's helping you. He goes before you, it says, right? You repent, you believe, and step three is when you do those, three, those two things, you repent and you believe, something amazing happens. You begin to agree and align yourself with him, with his ways and with his word and with his wisdom even. Right. So look at that next point. Why does all this matter? Why does it matter with what I align my life with or what I agree with or what culture I, I, I live by? 
It matters because the kingdom we align with is the kingdom that we operate in. We're not, we're in the world, but we're not of it, right? The kingdom that we agree with is the culture that is expressed. So the kingdom that I bought into, the culture that I'm, I'm, I believe in is what's expressed. So if, if you're bought out and sold out for Jesus, it should be expressed, right? And this is why we have so much disagreement in our nation, in our world, is because those that worship culture, they're more, they're more sold out. They're more bought in to the, to the lies and the influence that they're peddling, the deceit and the deception and the, the disgusting wickedness, the sin that it peddles, they're so bought in, they're more bought into that and fighting for that fake reality than the church is. They actually, by means, they go, they go out, they, they make sure people hear their voices. They're constantly online making sure people hear their voices. And a lot of the church, a lot of believers, we kind of we feel confused. Is it really love if I... If I speak out against them, maybe I should just stay in the background. It's a lot safer. It's a lot safer in the background, guys. But did you know the more ground that we just forfeit, and this this shouldn't surprise us, at the in the end days, it's gonna be harder and harder to live and, and, and follow Jesus. But you it is it is not love to not correct somebody, to discipline somebody. In the truth, in the word of God, it actually says that if you cause your brother to stumble, you're adding, you're adding sin to their life. And so God wants us to be a vocal place of truth. You don't have to do that nasty. You don't have to be mean about it. right? But if the, if the opportunity presents itself, I hope you stand in faith. Because kingdom culture is a truth culture. And we live by truth, we believe truth, and we're going to raise our kids in truth. And if you're trying to put that onto my kids, that's a no-no, right? That's a no-no. So I'm going to stand for truth. And as long as culture begins down this path, it is going to be harder and harder for people to stand, fight, and believe in truth. So let's do it together. Let's do it together. Let's have each other's backs, right? Look at, look at Romans 8. I'm going to give you 5 and 6 there. It says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. If you're in a relationship with God, you understand the dynamic of warring with your flesh and the spirit and being at war with spirits and principalities not of this world, right? The spiritual warfare that's going on that's, that's over not just our nation, over the entire world. So to be carnally minded is, is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. And so when you feel yourself getting anxious, when you feel yourself getting angry with others 
something is, something is off, something is, is not right. And it's usually because we forgot to invite God into that place, to that, that issue, into that season, into that moment. And if you can begin to remember, you know, I need to invite God first and begin to cultivate this, the Spirit of God within me, He'll begin to change and transform your thoughts, change and transform your, your direction, your life, even change the things you say. You was about to say something very hurtful. Holy Spirit bridles that tongue, right? And now you're speaking in love. That's the type of culture that God wants in and through his, his church, a culture of truth, but also a culture that speaks in love and in compassion and that is accepting to others also, right? So to be of the world, it produces nothing but death, but to be of the kingdom, it produces life and peace. Look at that last point for today. So it matters what kingdom we align ourselves with every day. Am I going to do life the world's way today? Am I going to please try and please every person I come in contact with today? Or am I going to try and, and live life God's way today? What you, what you align with and what you agree with is important because there's, there really should be no neutral ground. Look at that point says. We're either in alignment with God, meaning we're able to access His kingdom, if I align, I repent, and I believe, and I align and agree with God, then I have access to His kingdom, to His promises, to the good things that God has for me, right? Or, if we align with the world, my flesh, my carnal way of thinking, the devil, then we're subjected to the kingdom of darkness. What you sow, you reap. And so if I align and agree with, with God and His ways for my life, then I, I get access to the blessings of that kingdom. <laughs> Can I get an Amen. When you align and agree with his ways, you get access to his blessings and to his breakthroughs and to the awesome things he wants to do in and through you and over you. On the flip side of that, if I align my life with any other type of culture, woke indoctrination or crazy leftist type of thinking, there's a lot of crazy left-wingers, there's also a lot of crazy right-wingers, okay? I want to follow Jesus, Okay? And so either if I do that, then I reap, I get access to that type of culture, the, the things that that culture has for me, more darkness, more sin, more death, more deception. So i got a couple questions for you. What is the level of agreement you have with God? What is the level of agreement that you have with God? Is it on a, a, a quid pro quo type level of agreement, like God? Like, I might start going to church if you fix my family, if you fix my job, if you fix my car. God, if you would just do this for me, then are you on that type of level of agreement? Or do you agree with God just maybe Monday through Friday, right? You pray, you're in your word, you you stay focused, then the weekend comes and you forgot to pray and you forgot to read your word because the weekend came. Or flip that around. Are you in agreement with God just on the weekends? Because Sunday's here. It's time to go to church. So I praise you, hallelujah, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. On Sunday mornings at LCHV, 1115 during worship. Pastor Ian hopefully pray to, preached a good word. and Amen, Pastor. And then Monday morning, you are out there living like the world, talking like the world, listening to music from the world, watching movies from the world, 
And then Sunday comes back around and you wonder why you're so depressed and why you're so, I'm excited to go to church, I need church. Because church is a living, breathing organism, guys. It's more than a building. You're a member of his body if you've bought in and been adopted by the blood of Christ into his family, his forever family. So what level of agreement do you have? I hope your level of agreement is God no matter what. Y'all say it with me. No matter what, I'm bought in. Now there's going to be moments of discouragement. There's going to be moments where you're going to have to dig into your faith. You're going to have doubts. But in those moments, use those moments to dig into your faith. Is your level of agreement, you know what, no matter what, God, I want to represent you well. I want to do what you've said. I want to go where you've called me to go. I want to do what you've called me to do. Send me, Lord. Is that the level of agreement that you have with God? Are you all in? Or are you half in? Are you like riding this fence? The answer to that question reveals what you're devoted to. Are you you half in? Kingdom culture exposes fence post Christians. We cannot do what God's called us to do with fence post Christians. You got to be fully committed. To God and a life-giving church with your time, with your gifts, with your money. Yeah, I said money. With your tithes. We can't get our bills paid if we have less than 10% of our members faithfully tithing. Are you all in? You're all in on God for this area of your life, your relationships, and maybe God set you free from your addiction. But in your finances, you're on the fence post. Did I step on somebody's toes? See, you believe God for all these other things, but God, you want me to faithfully give you 10% of my paycheck before I pay my bills, before I do this? Yeah, he does. Kingdom culture exposes fence post Christians. If you're on the fence post... You're not all in. If you want all God's best, He wants all your best. Look at Matthew 12, 30. Look at this. He who is not with me is against me. And he who does not gather with me scatters abroad. So if you have an area of your life where you are resisting that transformational change that the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life, you are against Jesus. That's not Liberty Church's message. That's not Pastor Ian's message. That's Jesus' message. If you are constantly wrestling with God with this area of your life, you're on the fence post, so to speak, of faith and doubt, expectation, fill in the blank. If you are resisting what, what God is trying to do, it says that you are against him. And he says, if you're, against, if you're against me, then you're an enemy with me. That enmity with God. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be an enemy with my Savior. Does that make any sense? 
So to have God's best for my life, i got to give God all of the best within me. We can either resist the devil or resist Christ. Some of y'all just resisted Jesus Christ, the good things he wants to do in you, and you just resisted that thing. You resist him harder than you resist the devil. Oh, can I preach a second? You get bombarded with a thought, temptation. If you don't commit it to this thing, you're going to start. And then just one little temptation from the devil. Ooh, that looks so good. Oh, that smells so good. Oh, you can do that. No, no, you get away with it. You don't even put up a fight. You don't do no resisting. You roll over like a whoop puppy dog. God wants to do something good in your life. Man, you putting up 12 rounds. 12 rounds, 12 years, 12 months. Fighting God, trying to rebuke the devil. You're resisting God, and you're in agreement with the devil. Does this make sense? I hope the Holy Spirit is speaking truth to you today. You can get over the thing, but you got to do it his way. And then you might be able to rebuke the devil, and he actually might flee from you. Can I read a passage of Scripture for a second? James 4, 7 through 8. It says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Step one is always what? Repent. Within repentance is submission. You're saying, I submit to your word, your ways, and your will. And then resist the devil, and then he'll flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he'll draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Kingdom culture means residing in the light. And when you reside in the light, you'll be all in. There's no fence post. And when you're all in, kingdom culture says there's no double-mindedness. I feel like the Holy Spirit showed me we're, we're so double-minded. I want the good things. I believe God loves me. But then somehow I get sucked into this place and I begin to doubt what I truly believe. When you're bought into the kingdom of God, there's no double-mindedness. When you submit yourself to him, you can resist the devil and he will flee from you. You need to be able to pray the mind of Christ and the clarity of who God is over your mind every single day. I pray this all the time. God, give me your thoughts today. Now, I know his ways are higher than mine, but he can reveal things to me and show me where my mind's broke. A lot of us have a broke mind, right? Jesus came to redeem that, right? And I have to live by faith and not by sight. I have to believe in the expectation of what Jesus has done on the cross and what God has already said. And what you put your faith into is what you grant access to. What you put your faith into is what you grant access to. So I said when you are, you're wrestling with the Holy Spirit about this thing he said, you are, you're not putting your faith in God. You're putting your faith in yourself or in your thing. And so when you do that, you grant access to all the other darkness. 
But when you put your faith in God, you submit yourself to him, guess what happens? You grant access to him. He, you, give him you give him access to your life. And then you reap the benefits of those things. Amen? Who wants to have the best blessed life that you could possibly have? That's me. That's me. The world will try to twist that blessing and say, nah, do you really need to do it God's way? You could try it like this. Y'all tried taking shortcuts? How'd that work for you? Don't take the shortcut. Say that with me. Don't take the shortcut. Jesus knows the way. He said, I am the way. Follow him. He'll lead you to your destination. Amen. Y'all join me in prayer today as we close. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you today. I thank you for your word. I, I'm excited about this message, this series that we're going to be on through the summer, Kingdom Culture. So I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would fall. Instantly download the kingdom culture into our lives. God, what does that mean? What, what does that mean? How should I talk? How should I walk? How should I live? What should I believe? What's the expectation that you have over us? I pray that you would show those to us, that you would call us to live in love, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, long-suffering. Ingrain those into us, into our spirits today. God, we don't want to worship just culture. God, we want to worship you. We want to worship you and let that culture freely come from us of what it means to be a Christian and a believer in Jesus Christ. I hope as you're here today that you are a believer and a Christian and a, a child of God. You've said a prayer and you begin to change the way you live because of what you believe. If that's you today, I'm so thankful for you. I want to ask you to pray for the lost world right now. We've talked a lot about the world and how sick it is, how broken it is. Somebody's lost today. And I, I understand one of us here today could feel that way. If you're here in our sanctuary, if you say, Pastor Ian, I'm not living for God. Something you said today inspired me. I need to, I need to begin to change. I want to I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I want you to do something for me. You say that if God's dealing with your heart right now, I want you to do something, for, for not for me, for Him. If He's dealing with you, I want you to right now just lift your hand up real high or I want you to stand up, one of the two. If God's dealing with your heart, Amen. There's people standing. Stay standing for a moment. I ask you to do that so that you can show God you hear the message. You hear what he is saying personally to you. Praise God. So thank you for your faith. If you're joining us online and that's you today, I want you to put something in the chat. Let us know you're praying that prayer. You want to change your life. You want to accept Jesus. Let us know so we can see you. Pray for you. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. You may be seated. I want to lead us all in a prayer. I want us to say it together loud and proud today. King, the God's kingdom just grew by his soul. Amen. That's why we do what we do. And the devil can't have you no more in Jesus' name. So we're going we're gonna to repeat after me. to go like this. Heavenly Father, we love you. We believe in you. We confess that Jesus is Lord of my life. Forgive me of my past. Forgive me of my sins. And send your Holy Spirit to redeem my future. Thank you, and we love you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. Awesome. Praise God. Anybody glad you came today? A couple? We're glad you came too, okay? Well, we love you very much. Y'all are dismissed. Have a great, safe, hot Sunday. It's hot out there.